Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We are fired up. We've got an awesome show lined up for you. And um, I'm just going to jump right in because he's already galloped into the studio. He's just as eager as I am, just riding in on his white noble steed. Welcome to the show. The one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. It never gets old. It's still the highlight of my week every time. <laughs> How you doing, my friend? I'm awesome, man. It's good to be here. Yes, yes, it is. Looking forward to the show. It uh, seems like a long week since I last spoken to you. Well, uh, as, as you know, uh, last week we, uh, we had one of our uh, former episodes from The Vault playing, and I was, I was out in Alaska fishing all week. Right. How did that go? How was that it was intense. It was really good. It's my second year doing it, and uh, this year was uh, we beat our previous record of uh, fish caught. We brought back a little over 180 pounds of fish. We got salmon, halibut, cod, crab, shrimp. Like we did it all, man. We even wow. even brought in an octopus, if you can. Believe oh, really? That. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that see, that's the point where I'd be too scared and just throw the rod and everything back in the water at that stage. <laughs> Yeah, I'm was, out. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it was a real trip, man. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. I came up with all these different analogies about business and marketing and everything while I was out there fishing. But um, but to uh, to kind of get into uh, the show today, we've actually got an amazing guest, good yes. friend of mine, has been a client, um, just a really great guy. Understands how to build a business, has developed and launched like tons of different mobile apps with millions and millions of downloads. Helps people with productivity um and uh you know just a great entrepreneur great guy to know mike leap welcome to the show yeah hey thank you i'm excited to be here yeah <laughs> you sure dean's here it's like <laughs> some people have mixed feelings about that i just it's okay if you want to tell the truth i'm ready to jump in let's try it <laughs> All everybody right. starts the show full of excitement james it's when they leave that's generally a different tone <laughs> <laughs> right exactly um, so, so Mike, you and I, you and I know each other, but, uh, our audience may or may not know you. And, um, one of the things that, you know, sort of impressed me about you when we first started working together was just your commitment to really creating stuff that helps other people find their flow and their focus and be more productive. And one of the things I want to ask you, cause I don't really think I know the answer to this, even though we've known each other for a while. Why did you start with that? Like, why was that an area of focus and interest for you to begin with? Well, that's a lovely question because it segues me perfectly into giving my sort of background and I guess my backstory. So for, I mean, most of your listeners probably aren't going to know me. Um, I started a company called Panda Planner. And uh, I think that product definitely lines up with everything that you're talking about. I think kind of my 
motivation for creating things that help people starts with kind of helping myself. So with this product in particular, Panda Planner is a daily planner, like a paper notebook that's scientifically designed to help you become happier and more productive based on leading research. And the need for this product came from uh, my own need when I was dealing with some health issues. I had Lyme disease and a traumatic brain injury. Both of those came with their own host of symptoms that were very uh, challenging. Uh, dealing with those led to depression, uh, anxiety, panic disorder. Uh, shortly after that, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so the combination of all these things put me in a really dark spot. And I went from previously what I would consider a very happy person to now feeling like I was in a really dark place and in this rut and didn't want to stay there. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I wanted to figure out kind of like, how can I take this situation and uh, create a system to help me get out of it? And so I started looking at the research from positive psychology, from neuroscience, looked at the interventions and the uh tools and tricks that were used effectively to help people go from difficult, challenging situations and to turn, to turn it around. Uh, and that's what led to creating a system for myself. So I started creating different exercises and daily routines to be doing uh, in terms of things to be grateful for, things that I'm looking forward to, building that positive anticipation, um, having a system for productivity to be able to get things done and kind of like rebuilding that rhythm and that flow into my life again so that I could turn things around and it started to work. And so when it started to work, that's when I realized like this is probably a, a business opportunity as well. There's probably a lot of other people that have had similar situations to me or, or even just, you know, normal daily challenges in life. And we're looking for a way that they could get back on top of their shit and start to get more stuff done or help improve their outlook. So uh, found a manufacturer, created the product and then launched it to other people. Wow. So that, that's where the, the motivation for that product in particular came from. But I, you're right. I think that there's, there's always been a need for me to figure out like how to create something that can really help people. I think that's always been a really important part of my, my motivation with any business that I'm involved in is that if there isn't some sort of underlying uh, benefit for other people that it doesn't seem as motivating or exciting to me. Well, um, I mean, talk, talk about a compound problem for right. yourself that you solved. You know, all those, all those, you know, one of those health challenges at any given point would be a lot for most people, but having to deal with them, you know, all combined together is like, you know, for, I think for a lot of people, they might've just like, you know, just said, Hey, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel on this, but right. you know, but, but you didn't. And one of the, one of the things that strikes me in what you said is, you know, it's not just about productivity. It's also about happiness. Cause I think sometimes, um, you know, some of the things that I've seen, some of the ways that I've seen people work, and even I've been guilty of it at times, is you know, you're just so uh, outcome focused, like got to get this done, got to get this done, got to get this done. And you just start feeling more like a robot than a human. And I think Boy. this whole combination of happiness and productivity uh, is, is really interesting. And uh, just, you know, kind of kind of go down that road. What What are some of the things that you see a lot of entrepreneurs doing that might be productive, but kind of stop the flow of happiness in their lives. Yeah, I think it's a common thing among entrepreneurs and probably just people in general. But I mean, you know, you and I, we, we kind of roll with a, with a crew of entrepreneurs. We're in that part of the world. So we're exposed to a lot more of them. And I see that it's a very rampant uh, issue for a lot of us is that we're very bad at appreciating what we've done and kind of taking stock of what we've accomplished at this point, because our eyes are always on the future. We're always looking at like, all right, what's the next thing I'm working towards? And it's similar to sort of, I think, the, the type of approach that is 
common in our, our culture and that we're uh, very destination focused. We're, we're goal focused. We want to achieve uh, certain things and sort of get to this level of status or success or accomplishment. And the assumption is that when you get there, that that's when you'll feel happy and that the, that accomplishment or that level of success or that job or that, uh, the, you know, those sales numbers or selling your company or whatever, whatever that end goal is, is going to get you the level of happiness that you want. But research shows that's not the case. And as many entrepreneurs can attest that oftentimes you hit your goals and it doesn't feel that fulfilling and you're just kind of just yeah. looking at what's next. You never really take the time to, to appreciate it. So I don't know about you, but that's, I found that I was doing that a lot. Oh, totally. De Dean, you and I have talked about this way yeah. more than a handful of times. It's like, a, it's been a focal point for a number of conversations. Right. I mean, yeah. I know that I've had probably some of my more, uh, I, I don't know, down times after a big success almost. It's really weird. And it, it was almost like a big letdown. And then you you realize, well, maybe that that goal, that thing that I was trying to achieve really isn't the thing it's sort of fun to be able to you know build something and create something but if you don't well, have that base level of uh you know happiness already then that achievement really starts to feel empty after a while well i i, yeah. I would say like because i i've done that myself many times like you say james we spoke about that and i i would say the mistake is is putting so much emphasis on what you feel that what you think that accomplishment will make you feel and yeah. you reach that milestone, you reach that goal. And as grand and fantastic as it is, I think very rarely does it live up to what we expected it to be. You know, yeah. we, you know, I, I know, I know for me, when I, if I look at the situation of going from, you know, in a very bad financial situation to being in a good situation, you know, it didn't bring me what I thought it would. It bought me more stuff. And yeah, it bought me more options, more freedom, but I still don't think it quite gave me what I thought it would give me. And I think that's the thing that you've got to become aware of, isn't it? And just be, you know, not put yourself in those situations. I think it's great to be driven by goals and certain mentalities and way that you pursue and chase growth. Uh, but just be careful of what happiness you put on what that outcome might give you. Cause I don't think it ever will. Right. So yeah, I, to totally agree. So what, what do you, um, what do you think about that, Mike? And like, what, what are some of the strategies that, you know, you learned that you incorporated into the Panda planner that helps people, maintain their achievement focus, but also gives them a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction as they go about it. Sure. And I, I think it kind of starts with a sort of almost like, I mean, just recognizing it as a first step. So, you know, we're talking about it right now. All of us are aware of these things. I think any entrepreneur you talk to when you bring this up, they're like, oh yeah, totally. Like, you know, that's exactly where I'm at. So recognizing that that's the case and that something needs to change is, like, is an important first step. And then it's, it's basically like a paradigm shift at that point and recognizing that if you continue to reserve your happiness for some far off destination in the future, you're never going to get there. The, the goal line that you're chasing is always going to move. So it's a matter of, all right, if that doesn't work, then what does? And what research has found does work is finding a way to get satisfaction out of your day to day. And I think the key there is to, to put yourself in a situation to experience more flow, to start to get into these sort of like deep work type situations. And that, that is like, you know, there's a number of things that you can do to, to promote that in your life. Um, but some of the most important things I think to start are to look at like, what are your, your values? So to develop a sense of meeting, you want to kind of figure out what are the things that you care about? What are the values? Uh, and you can think of them almost as like the guardrails or the path, the road that you're following in order to get your, to your destination is like, you know, say your goal is to sell a company and like you could do it by doing something unethical and you can get there and arguably 
potentially make more money than what you're doing otherwise. But you know, if you don't live in accordance with your values, you're not going to feel good about it. You're gonna, it's going to do more harm than good. So living in alignment with your values, values are different than goals in that they're not something to be achieved, but they're sort of the uh, guidelines for which that you uh, operate or the, the way that you, that you go about trying to accomplish your goals. So, so establishing... So let me uh, let me let me jump in right there. So how sure. do you how do you suggest that people articulate those and get really intentional with those? Because I think a lot of times they're very latent, and yeah. you're you don't necessarily know them until you've either crossed them on the wrong side, or and then you feel like ah, oh, like I violated something that was important to me. How do you accelerate that process and uncover them so that you can have them straight in front of you and Use them great as, question, as a James. yardstick. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as you know, Dean, I strive to impress you with my question. Well, you achieved that today. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, I think it is an important question. And I think it, it points to the thing that's really important in any kind of finding any fulfillment in life is the self-awareness. And that if you don't bring reflection and awareness to what's happening in your life and so that you're doing things intentionally you're going to find that you're still on that sort of spinning wheel that you're never, you're yeah. chasing that happiness that you're never actually feeling any kind of fulfillment. Um, and it, it's difficult, right? I think that self-awareness is not something that comes naturally to people and that we all, I forget the exact quote, but it's like we all have an infinite capacity for self-deception um, and that we're, we're very good at thinking we know what we want, but we haven't really ever taken the time to really dive into it. And so establishing values, just like anything else that involves self-reflection is a process. Uh, and it's not something that you might just get out the gate. I think that's something that you have to, you know, play with and then uh, try and live with and see how it feels. But to answer your question more directly, I think a good place to start is sort of journaling exercises. And mm -hmm. you can think about uh, what are, who are the people that you look up to? in your life you know it could be parents it could be role models it could be famous people you've never met but just who are the people that you really look up to that sort of represent what you feel like is important in life and the, a way that's important to live could even be dean to... i guess uh, it could be yeah there might <laughs> even be wanna... somebody out there who looks up to dean you want to <laughs> then establish like what does dean represent what are the things that <laughs> in my head that dean really represents and that i want to aspire to uh and this will help you kind of get a sense kind of, of a short of, list <laughs> or, or, or a strange one, depending on how you look at it. But we'll, we'll, that could be a very weird tangent. We'll just keep going I, forward. I instead. hear humility in there. So let's go ahead and say that maybe I, Dean represents humility to me. And that's something that I think is very important in life. There we go. All right. We'll roll, we'll roll with that. No, but keep, keep going. In all seriousness, that's a, that's actually a great example. Uh, and I think that, you know, that that's kind of like the process is you do that kind of figure out what those things are and why you feel they're important. And then you could even do like some further journaling is like, ask yourself, why do I feel like that's important? Why is it important to live in this example with humility? Um, or, you know, maybe it's uh, for me, one of my core principles is like creativity uh, and bringing creativity into everything that I do. So it's a matter of establishing like, why is creativity so important to me? Uh, and so that's through that process of journaling, you'll kind of distill down. Ideally, you want to come to maybe like three to five. You can have more. It's not a problem of like, but of these values that you feel are like fundamental cornerstones in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and then probably the next step would be to figure out kind of what your strengths are. And there's a number of different strengths that's out there. There's the VIA character strengths, VIA. Uh, there is strengths finder. And there's the, I forget the other one. I want to say it's called R2. 
um, character strengths, but uh, you, you want to figure out what are some of the top things that, you, that come naturally to you. And then you're going to be looking for like the intersection of what your strengths are and what your values are. And if mm-hmm. you can start to align what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, align your day-to-day tasks and your goals and your projects and everything that you're working on with those things, you're going to find that meaning and fulfillment isn't something you need to strive for at that point. It's just a natural byproduct of doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that in, that, that's incredibly powerful. And when you when you hear that explanation, you're like, oh my gosh, like why isn't everybody doing that? You know, <laughs> it it it's so like, oh yeah, we should be doing that, but hardly anybody talks about that. Everybody talks about, you know, oh, here's how you shave three minutes off of this thing and five minutes off of that thing, which which can be important. You know, efficiency totally, is yeah. great, but but without meaning, you know, without that feeling of uh, like I'm living my best life, not to you know kind of be trite about it, then then it just feels feels really empty. But I love that the values, the strengths, and then and then your to dos, making sure all of those align, um, is is incredibly awesome. Yeah, and I think establishing that meaning and those values and your strengths, all of those things up front are important. I mean, but some of the next steps, then you get into sort of like the practical day to day, and those are where things like you do need to figure out like how you're going to be productive and like you do need to figure out how to hone your attention because attention is a huge, huge, huge lever that you're going to need to be able to have. And right now in our current day and age with technology and distractions, the way they are, it's something that is on the decline. So finding, or I guess placing a priority on developing your attention is incredibly important because that's going to be what you need in order to then enact the goals and the uh, day-to-day fulfillment that you're trying to have in order to to accomplish those things and to live a life that you feel is meaningful and to accomplish things that are going to bring you day-to-day happiness. You need to be able to dedicate very focused attention on it for a while. So this this is where things like productivity tips or how to organize your day, um, those systems come into play, but you're right. If you don't establish the sort of like benchmarks or like the, the uh, end targets and the guidelines in which you're going there, it's not going to be very meaningful. If you start with just productivity tips, it's going to feel like, what's the point? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and the whole, just to hit on that attention comment for a minute, I, I believe there's like a, a literal battle for your attention, right? There's so many different uh, business models, like all the social media stuff and everything that are specifically designed to pull and grab your attention, right? Mm-hmm. The more, the more uh, you know, marketing messages you see the more this that or the other thing it's like there's so much competing for your attention so you have to be vigilant and focused and really keep working on that attention skill because i i can't imagine a situation in which there's less things competing for your attention in the future right probably will be more and so really that seems to be a very fundamental thing that not just entrepreneurs but generally as human beings we need to get good at and, totally. and it's particularly important for entrepreneurs because you're trying to create something that's you're going to have impact and profit and all this other stuff. And you can't possibly think you can do it without focus and attention. And I think, I think one of the problems is the internet allows people to be really lazy whilst incredibly busy. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it really? Like you can literally sit on your ass moving only one finger yet have your mind consumed for 24 hours a day. That is so yeah. true. And I think it's insane, isn't it? So then it comes down to figuring out like, what are, how are you going to change that? Like, so what are you going to implement in your life in order to get yourself away from that? 
Um, real quick, just before I get into that, I wanted to just comment on what you just said, James, is that also as entrepreneurs, like is in terms of distractions, we're also in an industry where like we're dealing with other marketers. So we're all, you know, for the most part, very good at what we do. We understand marketing messages. So entrepreneurs are being hit with even more marketing messages of mm. things that we should be paying attention to our business. And honestly, not all of them are necessary. I kind of like any entrepreneur fall victim to the sort of shiny object syndrome as it were. Uh, where you're looking at, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this all in my business. Like I need to have social media. I need to be doing content. I need to be on YouTube. I need to be on TikTok. I don't know. Uh, then yeah. you just like start going down all these rabbit holes and it becomes like all of that is a distraction. If you can't distill down what are the most fundamental priorities in your business and you chase all these different directions, you're not going to get enough uh, traction to actually see things happen. Yeah, that's so true. And and you know, the, the thing is the opposite of traction is distraction right distraction Ooh. is like the the way that you don't get the traction that you're looking for have you waited 200 episodes to say that <laughs> you've had that one written down on the wall a long time haven't you oh that, that's going on a quote meme throw that one out <laughs> yeah I've, I've been waiting i've been waiting i felt like now was the right time to just like drop that and i'm, oh, I'm actually out it. folks that's it for me today later everybody <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of this podcast forevermore <laughs> and on a high note yeah uh, uh, but to get into what i was mentioning as far as like what are the things that you do then to help move you towards attention and start to train that so i mean on a uh, very simple level something that is gained a lot of notoriety and people are aware of is meditation is you know that's yes. a, a daily practice of training your attention uh on a singular focus oftentimes it can be on your breath, it can be on a mantra, it can be on loving kindness, uh, it can be on just bodily sensations and a body scan. But that any type of meditation practice that speaks to you is going to be a good way to practice honing your attention. Oh, you're you're preaching the choir here, man. I don't know that we've <laughs> ever talked about that before, but we did we did a whole episode on meditation. I don't know, maybe uh, a couple months ago. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we did. You know, at the uh, I think it was New Year's Eve 2019 or somewhere around there. Um, I was reflecting on the things that made the biggest difference for me in the previous 10 years mm -hmm. and meditation was in my top three. Yeah, totally. I believe it. Yeah. Wow. Superpower right there. And so an another thing that I do is, uh, so are you familiar with like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have, but in, in terms of like um, process goals versus end goals. Yes. So, uh, end goals being like, all right, I want to sell my business for a million dollars or whatever, making something up. Um, but the process goals are like, what are the daily things that you need to be measuring on a daily basis? They're going to get you to that goal. So say your business is, uh, I don't know, uh, selling physical products online, for example, perhaps planners. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just uh, roll with that. From. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just bringing up a, a random example. Yeah. Very uh, hypothetical. <laughs> one of your process goals might be uh, in terms of daily sales or converting a certain number of ads at a certain return on ad spend or a certain cost to acquire a customer on a daily basis. So then if you're tracking on a day-to-day -day basis, say that you're acquiring uh, 10 customers per day at a certain target cost, that is your process goal. So every day you're checking off whether or not you accomplish that goal on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you just focus on that goal day-to-day, -day, before you know it, you would then accomplish the end goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, and the, I think, I can't remember the name of the football coach that uh, talked about it, but his book was called um, The Score Takes Care of Itself. 
Mm. And it's sort of that mentality. And just said, if you focus on the fundamental steps that need to happen on a moment to moment, day to day, week to week, month to month basis, then the long-term goals that you're really striving for kind of, they, they happen as a, automatically as a byproduct of what you're doing. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I actually worked with a performance coach for several years where we were specifically focused on process goals. And yeah. it was a, it was a mindset shift that uh, was really, really amazing because I think that there is this tendency of just thinking that goals are one thing that's out there in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hope to accomplish them as opposed to putting the base of power on the process. And what am I going to do right now consistently day in and day out? And then the, the result actually just kind of happens, which yeah. is and what, what you, you really tracking? want anyway. And, and, and it's what you're tracking because oftentimes the goal is sort of like a, uh, a lagging metric. So like if you use the example of like weight, for example, like if you're trying to lose weight, you don't just like eat a salad and then like jump on the scale and you're 10 pounds lighter. Like it's, it's a process <laughs> that happens over time. So you have to like have day-to-day habits that are then going to lead towards what you want. So your weight is not reflective of your habits that day. It's a reflective of your habits the past like many weeks and months. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, As you analogy. said, as you said that, I just thought, can you imagine if that were true, how much <laughs> marketers would be all over salad? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the salad industry would be like this monolithic, gigantic thing with with ad messages. Like, I've never seen one ad online for salad. <laughs> oh yeah, God, they the need a better PR person in the go. salad industry. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to leave this show today, and we're going to start the Got Salad campaign. yeah um and for you guys listening you know this is this is like real legit strategy stuff i mean the you know just you can go on amazon alone mike's panda planner has got thousands and thousands of like five-star reviews like and and i promise you you wouldn't have that level of review if this wasn't legit and i love i love the idea of you know focusing on your values focusing on your strengths then incorporating those things into your daily to-dos. But if those daily to-dos are really the process goals that are the bricks and pathway to help you get the result goals, now you're really talking about something that's a combination of fulfillment and achievement, which is, uh, you know, I think what we all really want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but so- hey, Mike, I- I've got to ask. So obviously, very sure. clearly, as all the listeners can tell, James is the one with all the intelligent questions and great things. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here thinking... Why do you call it the Panda Planner? <laughs> it's a common question. And my common answer is that uh, in some Eastern cultures, the Panda, I'm told, represents balance of like uh, often with the planner, we're looking for work-life balance. So it seemed like a good representation. But if I'm being honest, I just think it's a cool name. <laughs> Panda, Plan- <laughs> Panda Planner is a fun thing to say. Uh, I thought it would come up with a good logo. I found a great artist and he made a great logo and I like how it looks. I like how it sounds to say. Uh, and so I just rolled with it. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, feel like- I like it when we put together names as marketers and then we justify them with something that sounds better than what, <laughs> yeah. where it came from. <laughs> Dean's, Dean's like, oh, actually starting the dictionary. The- <laughs> what was that? He's like, well, I knew I was going to call it planner. So I was just in the P's in dictionary and I found Panda. That sounded good. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need something that alliterates really nicely. I am um, a big fan of alliteration. Yeah. Dean's actually starting the Noble White Steed Planner. Um, right. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have told everybody that because it's coming out soon. But anyway, you can keep, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. 
Um, <laughs> Scientifically so, proven to slow your ass down. <laughs> right. Um, so, so Mike, before uh, before we sort of wrap things up, what what are the, you know, I, I'm sure you could talk about this for days, but what are the daily habits or routines that you think are non-negotiable that everybody running a business really ought to be doing? Like if you could do nothing else, but these, these three to five things, like what would those three to five things be for you? Sure. So I think number one is having a morning routine. Uh, and so figuring out a combination, it doesn't need to be super long. Uh, some people, their morning routine is a couple hours long. Mine is significantly shorter. Um, but figure out just a series of things that you do in the same order every day uh, and then incorporate that in. So mine, are, I follow the exercises in my Panda Planner where I go for three things that I'm grateful for, three things that I'm excited about and looking forward to, a personal affirmation. Affirmations I do are strength-based affirmations where you're affirming to yourself something that you believe in yourself. That type of affirmation has been shown mm-hmm. to be more effective than like affirming to yourself something that hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah. uh, I will then plan my day. So I think having a morning routine is one, um, planning your day, uh, whether you do it that morning or the night before, I like to do mine the night before so that I wake up and I don't have to use any of my willpower to decide what I'm doing. I can just jump into it yeah. and follow my set schedule. Um, uh, g- going back to the morning routine, I would recommend having some gratitude practice in there or meditation. Um, as we talked about earlier, developing that attention muscle is really important and gratitude is just one of the most studied and effective ways at improving your outlook and for improving your happiness. Cause if you're a grateful person, you tend to appreciate what's around you as opposed to looking for what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'd be morning routine, planning your day the night before, uh, and then working in timed, uh, mini sprints. So I call them sprints. Sprints I know are often referred to as like the two week period when you work on a bigger project. But for me, I, I think about them in very small, sort of like, a, what do you call those timers? Pomodoros. Yeah. Uh, similar. I, I usually do about 50 to uh, 55 minutes. Lately, I've been experimenting with longer ones by doing 90 minute sprints. Uh, but it's basically like turn off your phone, go into airplane mode, get uh, some software on your computer to block out any kind of distractions, take out an actual piece of paper that you, where you're going to write down your distractions when you're tempted to go look something up or do something else that's not in line with what your current focus project is, write it down so you can go to it later and spend that entire uh, either 25 to 90 minutes or, or however long is appropriate for you focusing on that one task. Uh, and if you can incorporate that uh, with having the plan the night before, knowing exactly what your top priorities are to do that day and then having focused attention on those single tasks, those I think are the most important things to being successful or to, to increasing your both productivity, but also your satisfaction and fulfillment in life. Yeah, man, that's so, that's so good. And I, I want to highlight that one tip that you talked about right there. Cause after all, this is just the tips. Oh, is um, that the name of the show? It is. It is. The right. name of the I show. wonder why you've been saying that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you, when you are in, you know, that, that work zone or a mini sprint or whatever you want to call it, having that notebook or sheet of paper or whatever to write down the distractions as they come up, I think is one of the, like, like nobody talks about that. And it seems like, ah, like, what's the big deal? It is such a huge deal because when you're working on something and you get like, oh man, I got to go and I got to research that. Or what am I going to do about this? Or what am I going to do about that? The tendency is 
because it's so easy to just open up a browser tab and go, go look something up Mm -hmm. or go do something. The tendency is to just go do it right now. And if you have that outlet, Hey, remember to go do this. And you just keep a little scratch paper off to the side with the different things that you want that come up for you while you're in your focus time. My God, that makes all the difference in the world for me. I'm not sure it works that well for everybody else, but if there's one thing that I've learned that, um, that that is so 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 powerful yeah and this is going back to dean what you were talking about earlier in terms of just the internet having so many distractions and that right also in in terms of spending your time unproductively like you can spend so much time feel like you're being busy but not actually being productive if you follow all those ideas or those tangents uh those impulses that come up when you're trying to be singular focused you're going to feel like you're busy and you're going to look back and say like oh no i used that hour efficiently i was working the entire time but it's things are not going to be getting done. And it's because of that reason. It's because you're kind of following these other tangents as opposed to the singular focus on the thing that you need to get done right now. So that distract, like writing those things down is great because it lowers cognitive load. It's no longer this thing that's eating at your attention that you have to get to. Like you've got a place for it. You wrote it down. You're going to get to it later. It's not going to be forgotten. Uh, so you're going to be able to come back to that. But now you can just bring your attention back to the task at hand, which is the same practice that happens in meditation is that when you notice you're distracted, you don't berate yourself or feel bad or get frustrated. You just gently bring your attention back to the breath or whatever you're focusing on. So it's that same practice here, just with work. Yes. Yes. Is there any, uh, so I'm just wondering just quick, is there any like logical and expert explanation as to why that does even happen? Cause I know we've obviously got a solution there, but like I, I just as you guys are talking it through, I mean, first and foremost, I've never as stupidly simple as that is. I've never even had that idea like, I've never heard that idea of, like, writing it down. I know it's so simple as well. But, like, I, I notice in myself, even when I'm having these sessions of, like, productivity where I'm like, right, tune everything else out, my mind wonders. Like, and it does think of different things that I could be doing, should be doing, or little tangents that I want to go on. Like, yeah, why, why does it even happen? Have we got any thoughts around that? I think that's just the nature of the mind. <laughs> Is our, our brains are built to come up with ideas. Like, they're... Uh... Our, our brain and our mind is, is designed to be thinking and to make these connections. And so that's going to happen on autopilot. And I think this is where mindfulness comes into play and in that mm-hmm. you're creating that space where you're able to look at those thoughts as opposed to being those thoughts. So if you're able to look at that and be like, okay, that's an idea. I'm going to place that aside and come back to that later because right now I'm focusing on this. You can only do that if you have that perspective, if you've taken a step back, if those thoughts mm-hmm. are just all encompassing and you're attached and identified with those thoughts, You don't have the perspective of, oh, I'll get to this later because I'm focusing on this other thing. You're just focusing on that thought and only that thought. It's sort of a natural thing to have these ideas and and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Mm. you know, popping up for you. And I think think the one thing that's that's super, super interesting and, and, and somewhat important to recognize is that by having an outlet for it, you're not fighting it or resisting it. Yes. Right. Because if you're like, oh my God, I got to be focused. I got to be focused. I got to be focused. And then you have an idea. You're like, no, 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 I can't. I can't have that idea right now. You start fighting that idea and fighting that idea coming into your awareness actually takes up cognitive space. You're also talking about a really important principle that underlies just about everything that I believe in regarding uh, developing new habits or how to kind of orchestrate your life is that it's more about acceptance and allowing things to be there as opposed to fighting them because you're exactly right. As soon as you start to fight something, and if you ever try and not have negative thoughts, it's not going to work. 
So paradoxically, the way to not have negative thoughts is to allow those negative thoughts to be there or even any thoughts, yeah. any kind of fixated thing is just allowing it to be there without reacting as strongly. Uh, over time, your brain is going to realize like we can just let those things go and it'll train yourself to be able to keep that focus. Yeah. And that, that is a very um, meditation style thought to, you know, kind of allow and let it go, right? Allow and let it go right. instead of resisting. Cause it's the same concept in meditation where a lot of people believe that meditation is forcing out all of your thoughts as right. opposed to observing them and then coming back to what you're focused on. Right. And yep. so this, this whole, yeah. this whole thing about having the little note notepad off to the side or whatever you want to call it is really just like, Hey, it's okay that I'm having ideas. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with it. But I also know now is the time where I'm focused on this, not those other things. And I also want to point out that this is another case where it's that lagging metric thing. So it's, it's, uh, you can train your brain to, to be able to have that sort of singular focus and be distracted less, but it's not immediate. It takes a lot of practice. So it's the same thing with like, right. you can't eat a salad and expect to lose weight. If you're just going to sit down for your first session or your first meditation session, and you're expecting no thoughts, which is often kind of from a marketing angle, what people are uh, drawn in by, it's not going to be effective. It, it's the same thing. You have to be there for part of the process and allow it to take time. You can change your thought patterns, but it's going to be done over the long term, not just with one salad. Yeah, yeah to totally. <laughs> because like your your thought patterns didn't just develop yesterday, right? They've been they've right. been around for a while, and and they you know they have you know all these neural networks that have been formed and mm -hmm. and everything else. And there's all these grooves, and you got to sort of rewire things and that and that takes a little while and i think sometimes just the level of instant gratification that everybody is accustomed to causes a level of impatience that doesn't allow that process to happen and also i think it's a matter of maybe just uh improper expectations that have been set and i think a lot of that could be pointing to marketing because again like you're going to draw people in by saying like change your thoughts meditation will make you so that you don't have thoughts and that you're always happy and like you know those, <laughs> those are the sort of marketing messages that are brought in but it's not an accurate reflection of what it takes to get there nor is it an accurate reflection of kind of the end result because it, it, it like we we're just talking about it's not a matter of not having negative thoughts or having thoughts at all it's a matter of being okay when they come up and not feeling attached or the need to react to them. yeah 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 and that that really keeps building that focus muscle mm. right? The more, the more you do that, the more you're able to build that muscle and fight the, the constant barrage of, you know, distracting things that are competing for your attention. And, you know, if you've got that aligned with your values and focusing on what you're good at, seems like your chances of, uh, you know, being happier and more productive and achieving the things that are really important to you just like happen. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to put yourself in a good position to just see those things happen as a natural byproduct of your day to day. Yeah, exactly. And right. it's not, it's not like it's guaranteed, but you're definitely stacking the deck of cards in your favor, which is really, yeah. really all we can ask for. Yeah. Agreed. And I, and I guess there's a, I, I would say there's probably a little element here that try and shift to being able to spend more of your time doing stuff you enjoy and it probably gets easier anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which comes back to where we started here. It's just more exactly. of that self-reflection to figure out what are the things that you enjoy and what are the things that you're good at and how can you spend or how can you align your life so that you can be doing more of that and bringing more of those experiences into your day to day? Yeah. There we go. Um, but before we go, I've got a question for you that I, I don't feel like I really have a good answer to this. Oh, what, gosh, what, and go. you're a, you're a, you know, <laughs> you've created a planner and you advocate journaling. 
why do you think it's so hard for people to journal? Like what's the, what's the block there that prevents people from doing it where there's so much science behind the benefits of it? Like, why do you think it's so hard? I think maybe just not knowing where to start. Um, so journaling, I think, can be effective if you're asking the right questions and you're going about it the right way. But it is, none of these things are taught. So it's daunting. Right. And I think that's kind of the reason when you look at like why we procrastinate generally, it's often just a case of not knowing what the next step is or not mm-hmm. knowing how to solve something. And so we just, you know, we're not even aware that that's why we're not doing it. We're just not doing it. And yeah. so it's sort of like it's beyond the in sort of flow terms, like the challenge skills balance, like you want something that's challenging, but not so challenging that you're just completely daunted by it. And I think that journaling might fall into that category and that it's not something that we're raised on or that we're taught in schools or that we really know how to do. Same thing, just like self-reflection is not something that comes really naturally to people. So I think when you combine those two sort of daunting things, then people are not as likely to get involved in it. Right. And do you think that's part of the reason why people you know, love the Panda Planner so much is because it has like prompts to help you know what sort of things you should be thinking about? I think so. so the Panda Planner specifically is more of a planner with uh, exercises to help develop um, specific habits to help uh, promote happiness where it's not as much of a journal. I would think of journal, I would classify journaling as a different category. Mm-hmm. So journaling, I think of more of like longhand self-reflection uh, from a certain open-ended prompt. And the, there is a ton of research here that shows how effective those can be for different things like processing trauma uh, and to reframing memories and to uh, discerning meaning and uh, growth from difficult situations. Uh, but I, I think the planner is effective in that it has, I, I've done the research, like I've looked and seen what works and I've based the system on what's been most effective. And then you combine that with the fact that I've taken the feedback from now hundreds of thousands of people that have used the product, it's just become a, a relatively simple to use uh, system that yeah. people don't have to do the research to wonder like, is this going to be effective? They can trust that the system is going to work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, Dean, anything, uh, anything you want to throw at Mike before we go? No, I think it's been awesome just to say thanks for sharing with everything, Mike. It's definitely been uh, some great tips there that I can take away. So I'm sure everybody's loved it. So thank you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And so before uh, before you bounce, Mike, um, you know, obviously we've said the name of the product is Panda Planner. You can find it on Amazon. Where else can people go to find out more about you, what you do, and how to improve their happiness and productivity? Uh, PandaPlanner.com. Or if you want, I did a TED Talk about the, the science behind the planner and kind of my methodology going into it. If you just Google my name, Mike Leap TED Talk, it's last name is L-E-I-P, then you'll find that uh, it's only about 10 minutes long. Uh, and that will give you some, uh, I guess, insight into how I'm thinking about this. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. We'll, uh, we'll definitely make sure we have that stuff in the show notes again. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. I've been looking forward to this show and it did not disappoint. Um, make sure you guys check out pandaplanner.com and uh, check out Mike's Ted talk as well. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Later dude. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, I feel like, uh, in this case, Dean, I've been excited about the show because I feel like Mike's like a brother from another mother for me. Yeah, all pro- right. Productivity, <laughs> can... mo- meditation, like all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I could geek out and talk about this stuff for a while, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward with the show. Um, and uh, so, Dean, I, uh, I I feel like I need to tell you some of the 
lessons that I learned about business while I was fishing in Alaska. <laughs> I feel like you should as well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there was, there was a few things that were, um, that were really interesting. One. So this is the second year. This is the second year that, uh, that we've gone fishing in Alaska. Right. And anybody, anybody's listening and you want to just have this incredible experience. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough to go with, you know, a group of, I don't know, must've had like 15, 20, 20 entrepreneurs who are just super cool people doing really cool things in the world and everything like that. So, you know, who you go with matters. And I think there's mm. probably some lessons to be learned, uh, from that as well. But I mean, that was a mini tip. That, that was a mini tip. <laughs> <laughs> mini tip. I think we should have a mini tip segment on the show from now on. That's, <laughs> yes. that's such a funny idea. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but so we, um, so there's a few things like the, one, there's never a shortage of fish in the sea, right? A and you have, you know, two different boats that go out. One boat comes back with two fish. One boat comes back with 52 fish and, and you're both, and you're like, wow, what is the difference here? And I think sometimes, you know, when, when we're, you know, running our companies and doing all these different things, there's a, a feeling like, oh man, there's there's not enough customers, there's not enough prospects, there's not enough money mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's never a question of whether that thing is there. It's a question of are you doing the right things to attract that into your world? And yeah. and uh, you know, and because we we had several days where we're on our own and we did we did awesome. We didn't have any guides last year or anything like that. And I think consistently last year we had, you know, 25, 30 fish a day in our boat. Um, this year we, uh, I found this guide who was amazing. Um, oh, you had inside knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a mini well, tip there, my friend. <laughs> well, this is, so this is the other mini tip. <laughs> if you know somebody or see somebody who's getting the result that you want, hire them or pay them to help you get that result too. Right. So go. I hired this guide. I had to book him a year in advance. This wow. guy, um, yeah, he was like my fishing Sherpa and <laughs> I booked him a year in advance. We went out with him one day and I think we caught 56 fish, wow. maybe, <laughs> maybe more. I don't know. And some of them were big. Like I caught this one fish that was almost 45 inches long and and, uh, and so the lesson there is one, the people that are getting the result have a specific skill or expertise on how to get mm. the result. And if you don't have that specific skill or expertise, find somebody who does and let them show you the way, right? Like, and, and, you know, some people would never think twice about hiring a guide to teach them how to fish, but, but they wait years and years and years and make tons of ex uh, expensive mistakes and everything in their own business before hiring somebody to help them. And it's kind of ridiculous because the results out there, you just don't have that, um, you know, that knowledge yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I wasn't beating myself up because, oh man, I don't know how to fish yet. I'm like, I don't know how to fish yet. So let me right. find somebody to help me fish even more effectively. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, I think one of the big distinctions is that I see, cause I used to be like this myself is I think sometimes people have the, uh, the scale's wrong. I think a lot of time people value money more than they value time. And until yeah. that shift happens, when you realize that 
money will always just be there in some way, some form, and you can always get it. But yeah. time is going and it's never coming back. Yeah. You know, and I think like you've just rightfully said there, you could, you could go every year for the next 10 years on your own and likely not accomplish what you accomplished in year two with the help of an expert. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause like, so here's some of the things that I learned from this guy, right? Where, where should I go? Where are the fish? You yeah. know, where are your customers? Like, where are they hanging out? Reminds me of something um, Russell Brunson said in, you know, either dot-com secrets or expert secrets. Where are your ideal customers congregating already? Right. right? Yeah. It, it, they just because you want them to be in a certain place doesn't mean that they are. Exactly. Right. And the people that people that go out fishing in their boat and come back with two fish at the end of the day, they're just going where they think they want to go instead of knowing where the fish already are and catching them there. Yeah. Right. And there's, yeah. there's a big difference and, and it's not about you. It's not about, Oh, I like this spot. So this is where I'm going to hang out and fish. I mean, if you just want to sightsee, that's fine. But if you really want to catch something, if you really want to, you know, find your clients, find your customers, you've got to figure out where they are and go there. And if you don't know where they are, then that's where you got to dig in and help, have somebody help you or do some research and figure that out. But, you know, it's not like when we went out fishing with this guide, we were fishing like harder or more with more intensity. Right. We just, he just knew where they are. He's like, oh, these type of fish hang out here. Let's just go yeah. there. And it's like, wow, that's super simple. I have this, uh, just to interject, I have this image in my mind right now that like 14 people turn up to this trip and they're like, oh, I'm so looking forward to having a good time hanging out. Then you turn up with like all this equipment, an expert guide. <laughs> and you're like, what, you think we're here for fun? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, to, to, to go back to uh, what Mike was talking about a few minutes ago, I have taken that strengths finder. And one of my top five is competition. <laughs> I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I so I'm having a blast competing <laughs> and and seeing if I can catch more than everybody else or even more than I did last time. Right? right. Last year we got a little over 100 pounds. This year we got a little over 180 pounds. Oof, and crazy. And and you know, part and so so that's one lesson. The other lesson is if you're not if even if you know where the fish are. So even if you know where your customers are, you know where your prospects are hanging out. All of this stuff you still need to use the right bait. I was right. about to ask you, actually, out of interest, did you know if the other boat used a different bait or not? That was a question I was going to ask. Well, there's like so many different things that you could use. You could use, you know, these these lures and the lures could be, you know, green or pink or this or that or the other thing. Or you can use, you know, uh, actual like bait fish or you can use this, that or the other thing. And certain types of fish like certain types of bait. And right. if you don't know what type of bait your fish is going after, it's going to be way harder to catch them, even if you happen to be in the right spot. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. And like you say, in, term, in terms of with business, like how are you attracting your customers? You know, different people have different interests and different people are in different ages and different locations might be appeal, might find different things appealing. You know, there's no right, I guess, with the baits there. They all work in some way. Like they're not giving you baits that don't work. You know, they're all going to give you the ability to catch fish, but what is right for what your personal goals are? I guess that's what the uh, the mini tip is there, right? Well, it's 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 what is your ideal target attracted to? Mm, right. Right? And the, the yeah. better, so, you know, so we were fishing all different types of fish. We we're fishing salmon. We we're fishing halibut, um, cod. All All these fish have extremely different things that they're attracted to. 
And if I'm trying to fish for halibut with salmon bait, I'm never, ever going to catch one. Right. 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 And, and so the translation there in your business is if I'm trying to find a customer who is, you know, X, Y, and Z profile, but I'm using the type of thing that would attract a totally different person, I'm not, I'm not going to have any success with it. And the only way that you know what bait to use, what lead magnet or offer or whatever, is to study and understand your ideal customer. Yeah. Right? Like no, I really- love that. And I think it perfectly loops back to your first tip there about not trying to always figure everything out on your own. Like, it'll take so much longer. Like, can you imagine if you just personally decide, oh, gosh, there's like 50 different lures or baits. I'm going to read a book and go online and try and figure all this out on my own. And of course, eventually you could, the information's out there. Yeah. But how much easier is it to say to the guy that's already done that 10 years of study and be like, Hey, this is what I need. What's your advice? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Two easy questions. This is the kind of thing I'm looking for. Where should I go and what should I use? Yeah. Right. Cut out massive amounts of trial and error. And, and the same, the same exact thing can be true in your business and in your marketing if you just, you know, kind of take that approach to it. And so I I was just out there fishing and, you know, and, and here's the thing you mentioned this whole time and money thing, time and money thing. We were there for a very finite period of time. We had six days to fish. Do I want to spend all of those six days trying to figure all this stuff out? Or do I want to catch fish? Right. Right. I want to catch fish. I don't want to come home being like, Oh, well, I found out 16 different lures that didn't work this year. Maybe next year I'll go back and have some luck. (laughs) Like that would suck. I wouldn't want (laughs) you. You'd feel like you're failing. You, you wouldn't want to go back and everything would be a disappointment. You want, if you want the result, you want to figure out who's getting that result and ask them the key questions. And, uh, and so it is time or money. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm paying the guide, paid the guide to learn. We had, you know, great success with him. We had great success uh, learning things. And then we were able to put them into practice and have, you know, awesome fishing days on our own better than we did last year. And, uh, and it just makes for a more enjoyable experience when you have a a faster path to, uh, you know, to results. And so I'm just saying that I think out there is this feeling that, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner and you got to figure out all this stuff on your own. And you, you know, there's like some badge of honor, in the struggle and in the difficulty. And I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think the real victory is creating the result for yourself, for your customers and everything else. And, you know, I've, I've invested in coaches and mentors and masterminds and all these different things for years and years and years. And I know you have as well, Dean. And, and I know that I'm light years ahead of where I would be if I hadn't done that. Oh, absolutely. I can't even imagine like, I really can't see it. And, and, and I've had to learn and adapt this, you know, and I'm guessing you have as well, James. Like, maybe I, I would imagine your personality, you were probably better at this quicker than I was. You know, I, I didn't think I needed help for a long time. I thought I could figure it out. I thought, you know, well, I'm pretty smart. There's, the information's out. I can do it. And what happened is I spent five years getting to the point where I realized, you know what, I think it's easier to get help. <laughs> yeah. So I was like five years going alone, no traction, eight months with some help, my life started to change. And, and yeah. that, that for me always reminded me that at any point I think I want to do something I've not done before, I assess like, does it make sense to seek the help of an expert that's already done this? Most of the time the answer is always yes. 
hundred percent. And so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. But if you want more help, go check out all of our past episodes. We've got tons of amazing experts. Go to justtipshow.com. Make sure you listen in every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern live to us. If you want to call in, call us at 888-627-6008. This is James P. Friel signing off with my amazing co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, for another episode of Just Tips. We will talk with you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.